Good morning, church. Please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. You guys came to sing today. Thank you. God is good, and I'm glad you filled this place with your singing. All week long, I've been receiving texts and phone calls asking how the grace bomb went off. And I've been telling them it was a blast. Well, I thought you'd think that was cuter than that. <laughs> and it really was. We had an absolute great time. We met here at the building to sing over in the chapel, which has incredible acoustics. I thought they'd be good. They were phenomenal. Uh, but I think a lot of that had to do with the hearts that came to sing that night, and they were just full of joy. Then we left here. There was about 100 of us that met here. And then we left and went down, and about 75 followed to Taco Bell. And some folks joined us there, so we absolutely packed the place uh, we ate some great tacos, but we had an even better time just enjoying each other. And we didn't do anything weird churchy. We didn't have a big old humongous group prayer. We didn't sing how great thou art. We just filled that place with the joy of the Lord. And it was so fun. When Gail and I were the last ones left, we went back to the back because it didn't look like they were going to stop anytime soon. And... They were still working because there was five cars in the drive-thru. There was four people standing in line. And the manager said, this gentleman would like to say something to you. And the guys were still making burritos and still doing taco salads. So they just kind of looked at me like, what? You know? <clears throat> and I said, I know this is weird. I said, but I'm a part of that big group that was just here. And I just want to tell you guys, you just outdid yourselves in serving us. You were kind. You were professional. You just did a great job in making us feel at home here. I just want to tell you thank you. But actually, uh, we're a group of folks who've just come down from the hill. I said, we, we're, we're part of the church family up on Luke 534. There's a big old white church building. It's the Church of Christ up there. And we didn't really come to have tacos, although they were great tacos and taco salads. We came to be a blessing to you. And I said, what we'd like to do is, I said, I've got seven envelopes here. And uh, when, we're, when you're done with your shift tonight, Belinda, the manager, is going to hand each one, each, each of you, one of them. And inside is $100. And they just went... In the middle of the burritos and the cheese and the onions, all right? And I said, God has been so good to us. We wanted to be good to you. And we hope that this brings you joy. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Isn't that great? God's so good. It gets even better. We took in so much money. People just kept giving me money. I went back this week and gave each of those seven $20 more in an envelope. $840 you guys contributed to be able to go just be a blessing in someone else's life, not having a clue how that was going to work and, and really not even get a chance to see it. But I think that's what Jesus is trying to point us to when he calls us to a life of worship. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 33, he just tells this little story. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in a large amount of flour until it worked all the way through the dough. I think what we were involved in this last Sunday night was just like that. No big fanfare. Didn't make headlines in any, in any of the papers here. We really didn't want it to. We didn't really make a big deal out of having them all come out front and, and us say, here, we've got a great gift for you, and make them feel weird and out of place. And then it really would be more about us than even them. So we just did something very, very low-key, but I think something that had a huge impact. 
And I don't know that we'll know what that was. And I think that makes God smile. I think he's saying those grace bombs will have the most impact in the kingdom that I've brought in the world. And we have a chance to set them off all over the place, don't we? Both uh, just in simple one-on-one moments with people and maybe even smaller groups for our community groups to just go and be a blessing to someone. No fanfare. Just trusting them. It's going to impact their hearts and our lives. When, when I left there that night, they were just smiling. But I think we smiled more. I really do believe God taught us another lesson again. It is better to give than to receive. Today we have a chance to celebrate the impact of God's grace in the lives of some of our KCC family. Some are brand new. They're just newbies as far as our brothers and sisters in Christ. One has been with us for some time, but she's entering a new chapter of her life that we want to celebrate. She's been the recipient of grace poured out on her through the Medina campus of Arms of Hope here locally and through this KCC family. You need to know your partnership with God is making a huge impact in people's lives. Sometimes I just need to see that. And I need to hear that, and we're going to give you a chance to do that today. Greg's in his new role as an as associate minister here. One of his major responsibilities is deepening and widening our connections with Arms of Hope out at Medina Campus, helping us find ways that we can go further with, with this incredible monumental effort that they're undertaking to help some folks get a new start on life. Greg's going to tell you about one young lady who has made the most of this opportunity. But before he comes to tell us about her, I'd like to ask you to pray with me. You are the Holy One, the only one, God, worthy of our worship and our praise. With our songs, with our life, with our money, with our families. Father, we are inviting you, come rearrange our lives. We're fixing our eyes on you by choice placing you above all other gods, wanting to experience the life that you have promised that we could live if we partnered with you, if we put our our neck in the yoke next to you and pulled together. Father, we're, we're not the only ones that are doing that. We know that right now that there are other brothers and sisters in this community who are worshiping in song and in praise and in the reading of the word and sharing the Lord's Supper. Today we join with Living Water Assembly of God. And asking you, Father, please um, just be, be a blessing both in their lives, but bless their assembly today. And may the meditation of their heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, oh God. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity we have to come and celebrate you. Celebrate what you're doing in our lives. All glory and all praise goes to you. Thank you for dropping a grace bomb in this world. And that the collateral damage got on us. In Jesus' name. And everyone said. Jimmy's in the middle of a series of sermons right now on worship. And our service today is designed to stick to that theme. But in a very unusual way. They say that a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, today we want to show you a picture of worship. As it appears in a form that we don't usually think of as worship, but that the Bible plainly labels worship. We tend to limit our understanding of worship to times when we come together like this, 
or in our own personal devotional times elsewhere. But based on the passage that Jack just read to us, that's, that's too limited an understanding of worship. I'm hoping you caught an important insight about worship in that passage. And, and just to be sure, I'm going to read it again. I don't know if you can see this one or not. but um, you, You've already heard it, so maybe you can make out those words. Romans 12 and 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Offering our bodies as living sacrifices to God is worship. And and by offering our bodies, he means walking in God's will. Walking in God's will is worship. Taking on a new image that reflects God. Not only at church or in our personal Devo time, but at Taco Bell. All the time. They say the highest form of flattery is imitation. Well, verse 2 underlines it. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, when we change our thinking to God's way of thinking and reject chasing the values and the priorities of the world and choose instead to find out what God wants for us, that's worship. That's worship too. And by that definition, every act, every thought, every word we say is worship. And, And we could spend all our time together today talking about what that looks like. But instead, we want to show you. We want to honor some people who have walked in worship. Some have traveled a long way down that road. And and some are just beginning to find their new identity in Christ. Now, before I give you the good news, I, I think... I think I have to take a moment and pass along the bad news. See, this, this mind renewal thing, uh, mind renewal is not enough for some of us. We need a total overhaul. And here's why I say that. Most churches talk about reaching people who need Christ a lot more than they practice it. In fact, I would say all talk and no action is the norm for churches in America today. But we did something here a few years ago that has directed us down a different road. We prayed. We prayed. We made it our goal to influence this community for Jesus outside of the walls of this church building and outside of our established friendship circles. And we prayed for God to show us the way. Well, be careful what you ask for. 
because God's answer might surprise you. In, in our case, instead of leading us to have Bible classes or seminars on community outreach or develop new strategies of evangelism, God did the strangest and most wonderful thing. He sent to us the people he wants us to bless. I have never seen that happen in a church before. But he put into motion a partnership between Arms of Hope, Medina Campus, and our congregation. And he brings opportunities to us to witness for him right through our doors, and he plants them in a seat near you every Sunday. Tell you the truth, some of them come kicking and screaming. To tell you the truth, some of us rise to the occasion kicking and screaming because we've been forced to think beyond our own personal needs when we meet for worship and for Bible classes. You see, just as many residents at Medina are required, now that's a nice word for forced, to attend this congregation, some of us have been forced to step outside our self-absorption and reach out to them. Do you see how unique this is? Do you have any idea? We don't have to send missionaries to foreign countries to find people who have had little or no relationship with Christ in their life. God, through arms of hope, brings them to us. We don't have to scour the neighborhood looking for people who weren't blessed with a Christian upbringing. They walked through our door every week. God answered our prayer and is answering our prayer in an amazing and unique way. He brings people to us. And now our Bible classes are too full. Our children's church service, our Bible hour, has gone from one group to three different age groups. And adults sit with us every week just watching to see if we really mean what we say about loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. It is a a golden, God-sent opportunity to practice what we preach by simply showing love and kindness to people who show up at church every week. We don't need to drive to another neighborhood or city or country to interact with people who normally wouldn't be part of our friendship circles. I don't know of another congregation in our brotherhood that has been handed such an opportunity as this to establish new relationships, to break down barriers, to walk our Christian talk among people who typically would not be with us. And when it all works like we dream it can, the result is beautiful. Let me show you. Today is the last Sunday for one of our better-known Arms of Hope residents and church member here to be with us. She has 
or she's completing her program. See, when people come to Medina, they formulate a program, a set of goals that they're going to reach that will enable them to move on in their lives. Essentially, they plan to develop a new identity. And see, our part in the process is to show them what a Christian identity looks like and to encourage them to make that choice and to help them as they learn what it means to be a follower of Christ. Not everybody makes that choice, but many do. This lady made that choice. She's completing her program. Along the way, she has broken a 10-year addiction to methamphetamines that absolutely ruled and ruined her life. One in a hundred, maybe, can overcome a meth addiction. Ninety-nine out of a hundred will die in that lifestyle and take their families down a dark, dark road. One in a hundred, she's the one. She has steadily worked to educate herself so she could be financially independent. She has earned her LVN license at Shriner University, passed her state exams. So now she is in a position to move on to a radically different life than the one she had before while she lived in addiction. In this process of metamorphosis from dependency to devotion, she's been rearing two twins to follow the footsteps of her new identity rather than the one she used to have. She chose another route. And what was old, let me back up. Can you back up, Patrick? Well, just leave that one up there. Um... I've had the privilege of knowing her a little bit better than I know many of the residents at um, at Arms of Hope, and it was all by a fluke. Uh, The year that Debbie and I co-taught the second grade Bible class, her children were second graders, and we fell in love with them, and through them we fell in love with her. And as you've already seen the picture, I'm talking about Ashley Nelson and her children, Callie and Dakota. Y'all stand up so we can express our admiration and appreciation. I'm sure she would be thrilled right now if y'all would all sit down. (laughs) We're going to hear from Ashley now. We, We have a video that she recently made just for this occasion. So you can hear about her journey in her own words. And we're showing it, number one, as a success story to brag on her. Number two, as a success story that many of you played important roles in. 
And number three, we're showing it as a testimony of encouragement to other single mothers or people suffering with addictions who dream of a new identity through the resources God provides. You can do it too. But enough of my words. Listen to Ashley. Well, based on that video, Ashley can talk without moving her mouth. Uh, That's the first time we've had that problem, Uh, another demon in our system. I'm going to ask her and her kids to come up here now. Uh, Jimmy, to please come back up here. And Troy Robertson, the CEO of Arms of Hope, to come up here while we pray over her. We're thanking God for her, and we're praying his blessing on her as she leaves us. Fortunately, she's staying in the promised land. She's moving to another part of Texas. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for a beautiful opportunity, Lord, to take advantage of a day that you have made and created. Father, may we never be people that take for granted the blessings in our life of a roof over our head, food on our table, friends and family. Father, Ashley is someone who has never taken those blessings for granted. Thank you for her and for Callie and Dakota, Lord, for the example that they have been to others. Father, I pray an abundance of blessings upon them as they continue on in their faith journey. Father, I thank you for what you have done in her life. I thank you for what you will do. But Lord, more than anything, I thank you for what you are doing right now. You are truly an amazing God, and she truly belongs to you. We love you so much. We give you this day in Christ's holy name. In August, we are having at our dinner in Houston, Duck Dynasty. If you know anything about Duck Dynasty, they are famous for their beards. So since I will be there with them, and my last name is Robertson as well, I've started making a list of people's beards that I want to look like. So we all make lists, right? So if I want the wild, crazy beard look, i got to go with my son Taylor or my dear friend Zach. they got that wild stuff going on. If I want the distinguished Sean Connery look, I go with Jimmy Sportsman. You know, it's all clean and nice. Yeah, yeah. Now we got this new dude on the fourth row here. No, not you, John Dotson. This dude right there. That's a beard, man. That's awesome. Yeah, this is after five weeks. I don't have much of a chance. We all make lists, don't we? We have these lists. And, you know, you can have a list of, of people that you want to be like. And you have people that are cool or people that are dressed. And there's big lists. And if, and if I did a list of people that I like, it would be really big. And if I did this list of people that I love, it would be even bigger. And, and no offense, but, but when I think about Hebrews chapter 11 and, and a list of heroes of faith, and that's the key word there. It's not the ones you, you like or you love, or, or maybe it's a mixture of both, but, but of faith. My list is really, really, really small. Ashley, you were on that list. Um, I remember the conversations that we have had in my office about perhaps your plans changing or struggles, and by faith, you have overcome. And I'm so proud of you. I am a Robertson, and I love a good story. Um, Some you know about, some you will never know about the Robertson family. (laughs) But I love good stories, and five years ago when I, when I started at Arms of Hope, there's a story 
that I like to tell because I went in confident, borderline cocky as the campus minister at Arms of Hope. I mean, I had done ministry uh, for 11 years before coming to Arms of Hope. I knew what I was doing. I had just gotten off the foreign mission field. And my first day on campus, Sue and Benton, I go down to the courts and meet these two young men named Chris Estes and Tanner Starr. And they rocked my world. And I remember walking away from that meeting going, I don't know if I'm ready for this. The next night, I had a devotional to do to the 30 single moms on campus. I was like, I'm fine. I mean, I've never done women's ministry, but my wife, Bonnie, she's a girl. <laughs> she likes me. You know, my mom, Ann, she's a girl. She likes me, so this is going to be easy. So I do this Devo, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but I'm, it was real life is good. It's, you know, fuzzy caterpillars and rainbows and all this great stuff, and I'll never forget this part. I'm done, and the moms walk out, and I'm patting myself on the inside going, man, you're good. Good job. And this one mom walks up to me afterwards with a big smile on her face, and I'm like, oh, here it comes. You know, great job. We're going to love you being here. She reaches out her hand and says, you better change your tune real quick or you're not going to last two weeks out here. <laughs> and she walked away. And I did. I had to change my tune real quick and realize that the amazing single moms at Arms of Hope, the kiddos in residential child care, they don't need fuzzy caterpillars. They need Jesus. And they need you to be genuine and honest and open. They are survivors, and they are truly amazing. It has been an amazing run for me for five years to be a part of their story, to hear caseworkers come in and talk about academic accomplishments, to hear counselors come in, come in and talk about a therapeutic breakthrough. And being part of that story has been amazing, but there is nothing like the story when they come out of the water. That's the one that just gives you shivers. When you see someone that truly comes in and they come in wanting to do something transitional in their life and then Jesus comes in and transforms them and they come out of the water. And you have gotten to be a part of this story. So I did some little digging and a little bit of research and since Medina Campus has been coming to this church. When you count what happened at camp a week or two ago, you guys have been part of 88 of those stories. 88. 88. And I can sit here and tell you, Parker could come up here and tell you that when we talk with a resident, usually it's, well, what brought you to this point? And it's what they learned at Arms of Hope, but it's also, well, Greg said this in his sermon, and it really touched me. Jimmy said this. A Bible teacher said this. Someone in the congregation reached out. So thank you for being part of that story already. But as Greg said, I want to gently and very respectfully, because you know I am part of you. My family is part of you. But I want to respectfully ask that you not just continue, but expand your role in that story. Every single Sunday, every single day of the week, there are opportunities to reach out and bless and be a more active participant in that story. So we have a video. Oh, no. Oh, uh-oh. 
No, this one's going to be fine. This one's going to work. We have a video we want to show, and, and, and this isn't even the ones we've had in 2013. These are the, the baptisms from 2012. But as you're watching this and you see them come out of the water and you see their story, please think hard about how you can jump in and be even more of a role. God is good. Amen. 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 There's a couple here, again, that is an answer to prayer. Chuck Liddell Burnett uh, came and visited with me in my office this week, and they said, we've caught a vision of what your church is all about. And we're believers in Christ. And they told me their faith story. And they said, we want to join our story to the story that you and God are writing together. And I said, come on. And so I'd like to ask Liddell and Chuck, would you please stand? We want to welcome you to the KCC family. Everyone say hello. They have a great passion for Jesus, and they, they sense him here. And I want to join that passion with the passion that you guys have. And I'm just so proud of to see what the results can be when we lay our lives down truly for other people. Um, the Jesus... That's Jessica's Jesus and Ashley's Jesus and Greg's Jesus and Troy's Jesus says, come on in, the water's fine. Come on. And if you're here this morning and he's grabbed your heart like he's grabbed mine and you want in on a life you can't imagine now because it's a little, it's just frustrating. You can't break free. You can't break loose. You can't, but he can. And he would like in if you'd let him, but he won't come unless you invite him. And so if today you want to take just that first feeble step to say, I'd like to be a follower of Jesus to taste that. We want to welcome you to come do that. We have a wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend. Who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men. We want to stand and we're going to sing and I want to invite you to come if you want to take that step and make Jesus Christ your Lord and become a part of this incredible worldwide movement to get the word out that He is life. He is life. Then come while we stand and while we sing.